Hello, everybody. Welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm waiting for him. He's coming down the ramp. He's twirling a long ponytail and spinning in a circle. It's Bianca Belair. <laughs> yeah. How did I know? I mean, oh, wait, it's me, Jeremy. How in the world are you, Michael? I'm doing well. Were you just introduced to the world of Bianca Belair? Uh, yeah, about two, three weeks ago. I just saw, I came across her intro, uh, I think from the Rumbles. Ah, yes, she was, she definitely was one of the MVPs of the Rumble, which is not to say that she was MVP, (laughs) who who was also in the Rumble for some godforsaken reason. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, she's, uh, been quite delightful. She's one of the, uh, she's an NXT wrestler for those who are unaware of what we are talking about. And she has what are almost certainly extensions that are a solid three feet long. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, are they extensions? There's no way in hell those are not extensions. I mean, that's like, a very long ponytail. It's it's down past her butt. Yeah. Um, She's one of those wrestlers that's like weird strong. Like you expect uh, like Brock Lesnar to be able to lift someone up over their head with little to no problem. Right. But then there's the Cesaro's where <laughs> yes, they're like yeah. they're they're very muscular and what have you, but uh they can do things like deadlift the big show or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. She she is the, the female equivalent of that. She's weird strong. Oh yeah. She's she's quite delightful and uh don't I'm calling it now, Michael. Don't be surprised when she's added to the NXT women's title match between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair mm. at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, they uh, they pulled a fast one on us with this whole Charlotte Flair wins the Royal Rumble nonsense. Everyone was just like, ah, here we go again, Charlotte versus Bailey or Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. They're doing her against the NXT title holder, which I am fond of. I think it's a good way to go. Gets the third brand over, you see. But Michael, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that we're way off track already, as is usual. That one's on me, Michael. That's right. How about you hit me with the beer brag? Yeah, hardly enough. I've been having. Uh, it's odd because I haven't had this in quite some time, but a lot of spotted cow. Well lately. done. Yes, and as much of kind of a buildup that the beer garners around it because it's not available outside Wisconsin. It's got the Eric Cartman "You Can't Have It" sales method. Right. Yeah. It. Um. I do find it pretty good. It's real good. But the finish, it's just has this. Really sweet finish that oh, leaves yeah. uh aftertaste. And a I think... sweet a sweet finish that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a um proverbial sour taste in my mouth. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why I've never I've always kind of liked it, but I've never like fully embraced it or understood that mystique aside the fact that you can't get it here because I always thought, is it that great? And some people will say it is, but to me that that finish you know i finally came to that conclusion that the finish it, it, it's just that thing where they the spice isn't quite right for me and that that's, so yeah question so, for you mm-hmm. how warm is it when you finish it are you a uh does it take you a while to finish one of these probably generally not you are the doctor of chugonomics yeah i do <laughs> I do have one left, 
that should I have that one at a warmer temperature and report back? No, 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 no. no. Oh, do I not. Think... You're you're advising against. Yeah. I, uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I thought too. It, such a beer may not be good in a warmer state. No. As there's cream in it. <laughs> or something. Yeah, I don't think there's actual cream in it. Although it is in Wisconsin, so who knows? Um, cheese curds in the beer. Yeah. Um, it's not subtly flavored that warming up would benefit it anyway. It would just allow that sweetness to take off more than it needs to already. So, in any case, it was a introspective beer. So, I'm kind of wondering if, because it is basically a craft yellow beer. Mm hmm correct i mean it's yeah. it's i'm wondering if the idea of it just like not being like spotted cow extra cold i wonder <laughs> if that can work against it because when yellow beers get warm even just by a couple degrees it uh they can, they can tend to go sideways real fast yeah and when it's got something that is not you know specifically formulated to have no flavor at all, right? Like a, a Bud Light or a Coors Light or a High Life, take your pick. I wonder if that just makes it more likely to have those unusual or off flavors. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, and I think that Spotted Cow is. I'd hope it would be a tier above some of those, but still, that's not to say it can't fall victim to the same well, sure. uh, conceits of a yellow beer. So. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I do I do want you to hmm. So I'm trying to figure out a way that we can uh make you test this without ruining a perfectly good beer. That beer did nothing. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about that one. Put a little sampler on out to the side and leave the rest in the fridge or something. I don't know. But Jeremy, what is your beer brag? So Michael, as I've mentioned a few times on the show, my brother is a traveling installer of wind turbines. Yes. And so he's he's kind of all over the map, literally. And he was in Oregon before Christmas of this year. And he was really far behind on a lot of stuff and just did not have the time to do a lot of Christmas shopping. So he did a bunch of his Christmas shopping in the Portland airport. Okay, yeah. And thankfully for me, that means that he got me something from Ninkazi Brewing Company, which I don't believe I had ever had before. I was just going to say that, yeah. Never heard of it. Let it never be said that uh, we hooks do not know our siblings because he got me from Ninkazi Brewing Company Slayer Winter Ale, S-L-E-I-G-H apostrophe <laughs> in the Slayer font, I might add. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it's, it was pretty great. Uh, here's some color text for you. Yeah. Thanks to being strategically wedged between the Pacific Ocean and a bunch of volcanoes, we get some of the deepest snowfalls in the world right here in our backyard. It's our winter playground, and Slayer is our opera ski. Under its frothy head is a deep, chocolatey malt flavor that's sweet and warm with a lasting bitterness like a toasty fire on a dark night. 60 IBU, 7.2 ABV, uh, a whole bunch of everything in there. It's also an alt. So it's an oh. alt ferments with ale yeast at colder lagering temperatures. This effect yeah. gives it a more refined, crisp, lager-like flavor than traditional ales. This alt has been ninkasified, raising the ABV and IBUs. Slayer has a deep toasted malt flavor that finishes dry and balanced. Um, this is one that I kind of wish that we would have been able to have on the, the APM black hole or dark hole. Or... <laughs> yeah. Because I think this was kind of exactly what we've been looking for and just haven't quite found yet. Mm. It's It's got miles and miles of depth to it. 
it has just the right amount of roast. You get just the right amount of coffee. You get just the right amount of chocolate in there. But it still also has that beerosity from the hops that just kind of hang out and just make themselves known at the very end of the finish. And, uh, yeah, highly recommend it if you can get your hands on it. And not just because of the wicked name. It's because of wicked beer. It was. And apparently, it's only available October to December. So, Michael, going to oh. need you to fly out to Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, all right. In about uh, October or so. And get some of this. I'm on uh, kayak.com right now. <laughs> if people still use that website. I don't know. I have uh, no clue. That sounds great, Jeremy. It was great, Michael. Jeremy, here's a new segment. It's called Would You Do It? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just saw a couple of beer items on Twitter that I thought I'd bring up on the show. Kind of a bruise news of sorts. Okay. Um, During the Super Bowl, we had all these ads, and the current hype is also for these low-calorie beers, Michelob Ultra, St. Archer Gold. Oh, I have an addition to this. What's this? Okay. I was at getting groceries with my lovely wife this afternoon. And while I was waiting for them to finish cutting the salami and the summer sausage, <laughs> yes. I turned around and there was an end cap that had four different kinds of craft low-cal IPAs. Oh, yeah. There was the Lighthearted, which I believe is from Bell's. There was one from Odell's. There was one from Deschutes and one more that escapes me. But I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, the craze or the phase is infiltrating even craft beer. That lighthearted is curious because two-hearted is such a um, uh-huh. flavorful beer and very good that I wonder if they can make that translate. Well, that well that and it's just like it also gets down to to the like what is the difference between a session and a light IPA? Right. Because all four of the beers, even though I can't quite remember the fourth, they were all IPAs. Right, so it might just come down to a naming convention, really. I guess so, but they also made sure to like have they all also had the calories listed on the. Uh... Yeah, it might be kind of a just a different approach to the same style, like a, a different marketing approach to the same concept of a of a session beer. I guess so, but because even but... session is not like that clear of what it means, especially to an outsider. You have to like look it up to know what it means. You and I know what it means, but I yes. think to the standard like person, it just means you know, oh hey, I can have like two or three of these and not have to worry. If... Right? Maybe yeah, maybe especially more with ABV than calories. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that some of those I'll have to try out sometime. But uh, ju- just for the record, there are 147 calories in one bottle of all-day IPA, whereas I don't believe any of these bottles that I saw had more than 100. Oh, wow. That's pretty significant. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Hmm. So maybe it's even further. That's my guess. Now that it's derailed, back uh, <laughs> yes. one and one on the derailing. On the other hand here, press release from Deschutes. Uh, Deschutes Brewery to release... Bulk phase IPA for yeah. National Protein Day. Yeah, buddy. When, okay, uh, so when is National Protein Day? Let's see. I think they said uh, Thursday, February 27th. Hell yes. <laughs> um, basically, this kind of started as a joke to be the antithesis, that's close enough, of the what we've just been talking about, the locale uh, IPAs and locale beers. And so there's kind of an inside joke. Let's make a high-calorie beer. And <laughs> they just went ahead and did it. So here's a further press release. 
Brewers left nothing off the table, trialing this behemoth of a beer. Using the brewery's state-of-the-art pilot brew system, this brewer's passion project, a double dry hopped hazy imperial IPA was born. Bulk phase, and that's P-H-A-Z-E. Lowercase p. So like it has the word haze in there. Um, it is sweet and juicy with a robust body, clocking in at 8.2% <laughs> ABV and 70 IBUs. Bulk phase boasts, boasts five pounds of hops and over three pounds of milk Jesus sugar per Christ. barrel, <laughs> adding a big boost to the body and the sweetness of the beer. And the brewer said, it's like a favorite protein shake, a bodybuilder's dream. And I think I saw somewhere, I don't think the final numbers are on the calories, but it's like over 230 Jesus per Christ. can, I believe. Which is that's fantastic. Pretty significant. If you have ten of them, you don't need to eat anything for the rest of the day, Mike. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, again, we need to go to Oregon. It's an extremely limited release, um, debuting on National Protein Day at the Deschutes Brewery pubs and the tasting rooms in Bendon, Portland. I've been there, man. Yeah, <laughs> the Rainbow Rain. The Rainbow Rain. That's where I had my beloved Rainbow Rain. So it was just uh, funny to see this come out. Um, now, Jeremy, yes, maybe Michael. this is an obvious question, but would you do it? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, didn't, I see no reason why not. Yeah. Even strictly from a freak beer perspective, I am wildly fascinated by this thing. Yeah, not even withstanding the uh, being contrarian in its nature to the current fads. Which, which just, is hilarious. Yes, that's yeah, that's almost just a cherry on top. The fact Three that they've loaded this up with sugar. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'm most fascinated about is because there's that much lactose just hanging out in this thing. Yeah. And I can't really think of an IPA that has a lot of lactose in it that isn't um, well, okay, never mind. Milkshake IPA. Milkshake IPA, correct. yeah. Which you don't hear about too much anymore. I don't know if that was a... I, 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 I think there was like, a little wave it, that made and that kind of died down. I feel like they usually have one every so often out at Back Pocket now that they've upped the uh, upped the number of taps. I see. Yeah, maybe it's more of a small batch sort of deal. Especially around football season because they call it the Kinnick Wave. And... <laughs> They donate a dollar per pint to charity, Michael. Which oh oh okay, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah I'm not gonna ruin this episode by telling my thoughts on that one. Yeah, I've seen your thoughts. Yeah yeah you've heard me yell about this. Um, okay here's another. Would you do it? Okay. Uh, from our boy Josh Knoll. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Chicago Tribune, February thirteenth, twenty twenty. A hard seltzer festival was inevitable, and here it comes. The Seltzerland, or I guess it's just called Seltzerland, Seltzerland coming to Chicago this spring. And so this is going to be May 9th in Chicago's Union Station. More than 100 seltzers from more than 30 brands will be poured, including, yes, White Claw. General admission, $29. VIP, $49. Uh... What do you think? Some of these are local, even small craft breweries. There's one in Naperville, Solemn Oath. I've had something by Solemn Oath. They make good beer. Yeah. So brewers are doing this, but also you're going to get your <laughs> big boys in there. <laughs> brewers are doing this. That's, del- that's delightful. <laughs> well, they're not really brewing, I guess. That's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I mean, you mean craft breweries are doing this as well, not just big faceless Conglomo Corp. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's a better way to put it. Uh, now, no, I wouldn't do it. 
Here, here's what, how I would do it. Well, maybe not for $29. I would do this if it wasn't hard seltzer. Because <laughs> I feel like, because it's unlimited, I feel like I could only get so far. And from a ABV perspective and from a, oh, my taste buds are obliterated from... All the, the carbonic acid. Yeah, the grain-based alcohol and fake sugars in these are some of them, I suspect. But Michael, but if it was just regular seltzer water, uh-huh. you'd have less of that. And we were just talking before the show, you know. I am having a nice Fairway brand grapefruit sparkling water right now. Yeah. And so it'd be fun to try to just try some funky flavors without the baggage that comes with a hard seltzer. Now, Michael, the uh, the hard seltzer is uh, it's designed to be able to have many of them without burning yourself out. I, you know, yeah, I know you could, it wouldn't like be filling per se, but it's just some like, especially if you're getting some really, some duds in there along with, I'm sure there's some good ones. I don't know about that. That just like linger and drag on the tongue and are sweet and uh, kind of nasty tasting. And then on top of that, I mean, I know you can have a lot, but there's going to be a point where it's just alcohol is going to cut you off at some point. Well, these are also like tasting pours, presumably. That's true. This is not like you're having like seven, 12 ounce different flavors or even like an eight ounce. They're pouring you like three, maybe four ounces of this stuff. Jeremy, you're talking to the doctor of Chugonomics, though. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, that's a good point. So that so essentially, I'm saying no, I would not do it. No, in neither its current would I. Form. Yeah, because yeah. that the one craft uh, seltzer that I had tasted like garbage water. <laughs> Did can you disclose where you had that from? Yeah, it was Wilson's Orchard Peach Seltzer. I saw it for a dollar at Hy-Vee, <laughs> and I was just like, I'd be an idiot not to try this. And let it not be uh, forgotten <laughs> that I once had a big grapefruit white claw, strictly for the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You were doing research. Yeah, I was doing research. So this was more research. And I'm pretty sure I yelled about this like a month or two ago, whenever it was I had it. But it was was bad, man. It was not good. It it had that weird off buttery flavor that some bad IPAs can have. Yeah. Except it didn't have any flavor. (laughs) <laughs> so it just and had the, that. <laughs> it, it was it was like sour peaches. I don't know if the can was just bad. I'd hope it was, because good lord, if that passed quality control, then I am not the target demo, which is also yeah. entirely possible. But yeah, but oh god, yeah. That, when it's bad, it's pretty pretty bad. I I feel like it was the. Uh, it was similar to what some people have told me is the uh, the flavor of the pure sparkling waters, a.k.a. the unflavored hard seltzers. Mm. Maybe not to that extent, but yeah. All right. Well, that does it for Would You Do It? it it's, it's a, thank you, Michael. <laughs> Let's get away from the hard seltzer and uh-huh. get into the FDR. The opposite of a seltzer. That's right. Because it's where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate the beer. And this week, we continue down into the dark hole where we're trying dark beers all winter long. And today, we have from Essential Waters in Amherst, Wisconsin, Satin Solitude Imperial Stout. 
Yeah, buddy. This is our first Imperial in a while. Yeah. So, yeah, we've kind of been bouncing around the different stout varieties. We had the espresso one. We, had we did. Milk stout. We had that uh, oatmeal stout, which didn't really count. And Oh, yeah, the, the womp womp. Yeah. We had a couple browns, some brown-type beers. Including the new Newcastle. Yes. And now we're here at an Imperial Stout. Michael, I have some color text if you would like it. Please. We are at... This is a year-round beer at 53 IBUs, 7.7 ABV, which strikes me as a little bit low for an Imperial Stout, but maybe I'm conflating it with a Russian Imperial Stout. Perhaps anyway, yes. a lip-lickingly creamy stout prized for its drinkability. Satin Solitude is crafted with a mix of specialty malts from caramel and chocolate to roasted barley to achieve a deep, dark appearance and satin-smooth finish. Best enjoyed by a crackling fire on a long winter's night. Michael, do you have a crackling fire? Uh, no, but I can start one, a la <laughs> Beavis. <laughs> yeah. Friar. Fr- <laughs> did we do the Did we do the um, hop varieties? We did not. The hop okay. varieties are Northern Brewer and Willamette, and the malts are caramel, chocolate, and roasted barley, as was established. Michael, uh, get some cured meats, some grilled meats, and some smoked meats, which is basically just any kind of meat that isn't pan-fried, I guess. Yeah, that's what it pairs with, apparently, and some cheeses, too. Yeah, but, uh, cheese. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a pour. Oh, wow, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Decent head, decent effervescence. I don't know if there's much more to say about the appearance. The head is pretty uh, creamy. Yeah, it is. Holy, holy crow. Smells um. It smells imperially. It does, yeah. It's not a very strong smell, though. I was expecting it to kind of reek a little more. <laughs> Just like, oh wow, this beer reeks. <laughs> um, I I would be delightful. So outside of like just a spoiled beer, like one that's like steel reserve that's been in the oven for a while or something mm-hmm. like that. I'd be uh, amused to see what beer would reek. <laughs> oh, duh. The Hemperer reeks. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that's a... That beer straight up reek. reeks. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, when I uh, ordered a pint, taster, whatever it was of it last year when it came out, at least three people at the bar when I was you know waiting for my change <laughs> said, where the weed at? Yeah. But... But Just yes. from wafting the beer around. Um, it's intense, and I'm I'm curious to see how that sort of beer is going to pan out here now that marijuana is legal in more states, but especially in Illinois, wherein there's a bustling craft beer community. But that's a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Let's go into Satin Solitude. It's pretty good. It's not bad. The finish is, the finish is a little weird. It I spoke, is. I spoke too soon. Yeah. It's a the, little thin. It, yeah. Which is weird. It, hmm. Because it, it doesn't taste ahead. like a 7.7. God, no. So it, that's it, a little strange. It almost tastes like they created it by cutting down a uh, a Russian imperial stout. Yeah, there's like some components there, mm-hmm. but not the full picture. And and once again, I wonder if we're conflating the styles, and that's messing with our expectations, because the Russian Imperial Stout is just the, you know, it's like pouring motor oil yes. into your glass. 
and it feels like motor oil in like every sense of the word. It it, it reeks as we've established, mm-hmm. and it just sticks to your bones, and it feels like it coats like all of those Imodium AD commercials from back in the day. Saturates the Q zone and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one almost feels like they just took some of that and cut it down with water almost. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it, like at first, it does have a nice flavor to it. It's kind of a a richer malt flavor. But then it, yeah, it takes a really weird turn. Well, I do like that initial flavor, though. Um, I do, too. I don't know if it's enough. It's... I'm 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 frankly kind of shocked with this thin body, considering how thick the, uh, just how thick that front end is. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's not forget, Michael, that this is described as a lip-lickingly creamy stout, prized for its drinkability. It's true. Maybe they're going for more of a approachable type. Is this a session imperial stout? <laughs> oh wait, I've already had one of those, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. Didn't that come up before? That did come up. <laughs> you know what? That's kind of what this was like. Really? The other one I remember being better because I'm pretty sure it was uh it was also, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like five, five and a half percent. But it had all of the uh the swagger of a full bodied Imperial stout, which I guess is how a session beer really should go. If you're going to be a session, you know, fill in the blank. In a perfect world it would be everything that it's claiming to be, but just Without all the baggage. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Where do we think this is going wrong? What would fix it? <sighs> we think some lactose would fix it? Maybe three pounds? <laughs> maybe three pounds. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe it was sweetened up. I feel like it's almost, um, the finish is a little too bitter. If it had a little a sweetness, to, I think it, if it went in a sweeter direction, I might like it more. Maybe that's a sad comment on my taste buds and what they crave, but... As this is warming up in my hand, I am enjoying it more. Maybe that's the key. Get some more of the uh, kind of roastier flavors. Because as it warms up, at least to me, and maybe maybe I'm just getting saturated with this thing. Mm-hmm. But as it warms up, I feel like it's getting more length in the roast. Mm. It's just not that initial. I see. Smoke, smoky's not the right word. But it, kind of a roast i see where you're coming from with that smoke though i mean it's more of a almost burnt roast a little bit but it, it's it doesn't overdo it no no yeah not in a, yeah it's not in a bad way it's, it's just a, a darker roast than it's, a, it's definitely has a darker roast but it does not have like an ashy flavor no which some of these can have interesting yes. to me 50 i 53 i hey 53 that's a curse yep, number. Yep, um, yep. Anyway. I know. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that, to me, that seems high for something that I would desire. I guess, again, going back to that sweetness argument, if this were sweeter, would I like it more? And I think dialing back that IBU might allow some of the sweetness to come through in the end. I don't know. That's totally hypothetical, but 53 seems high to me, I guess. But um, This one is growing on me. It is. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm I'm still not like over the moon, mm-hmm. but the initial shock of the finish is uh, mm-hmm. is wearing off. And as as established, the more it warms up, the more the the roast is allowed to linger. And mm-hmm. I think that the bitterness from the hops is kind of cutting through the noise a little bit at the back end. Mm. It's it's hard to describe. 
Because if you're doing something imperial, it's it's got to be, you know, stomping around with its shirt unbuttoned down to like the third button, chest hair swinging out, wearing a disco stew coat or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a disco stew. But yes, so this is this is actually here's some praise that I can give this beer. Mm-hmm. This is one of the few beers that as the aftertaste grows, I'm liking it more mm. because so very often and in the number of the beers that we've had in this uh, series that as the, uh, as the aftertaste kind of grows and lingers, mm-hmm. that becomes a liability. Yes. Whereas with this one, because there is no initial like big roasty noise Right. That no, I see what you're saying. When yeah. it when it warms up and that finish kind of comes out of its shell, it's actually kind of rounding out the beer in an odd manner. Yeah, I I totally see what you're saying, and I do get more of the roasty notes at the end now that it's warming up. Mm-hmm. Michael, rub this between your hands like trying to start a small fire. <laughs> Again, like Davis. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's beer all over the keyboard. <laughs> Um, Should we get to the rating? I I feel like that the rating is going to be a little off unless we like warm it up. I've I'm double grasping this one right now. Yeah, yeah. You go for it, Jeremy. I've been really clasping mine, and mm-hmm. uh, I I can physically feel that it is warmer. I don't have much volume left here anyway, so it's warming up pretty quickly. And I'll go in now for that. So it is helping, but it's not like a game changer. It is a significant. Yeah, it's significant, but not. Um, it's not changing the like paradigm of the beer, yeah. It's it's weird. It's very very weird. I don't know if I've ever had an imperial style like this. That's another thing too. I was gonna say that it's this has a, such a unique taste, not necessarily in a good way. I can't really compare it to a lot of. I can't compare it to anything in recent memory, anyway. Because it definitely does have that big, bold, roasty flavor that one would expect out of an imperial stout. Maybe not mm. like a barrel-aged imperial. Right. Or barrel-aged Russian imperial, for that matter, which are the most motor-oily of all the motor-oily beers. Mm-hmm. But it's just that thinness is just so yeah. weird. Like, And it's not a dry beer, which makes it even weirder, because yeah. one would expect that if it was feeling super, super thin, that there would be just no sweetness or or anything at all but, but there is sweetness to it yeah the finish just throws it it's it's very very bizarre do you need to go in for soga two, the soj inning yeah i'll do that real quick okay you do that i you know i was prepared to give a pretty low rating but i think the warm-up i almost kind of wish i drank the whole thing like this because it is better warmer but it's still not great the finish to me has a kind of weirdness to it, and yeah, it's a, like a thinness to it, like you said. So you know, I don't know. Maybe on, of course, all beers taste better on draft, but I th- particularly this one might. Um, I'm gonna give it, just give it. Hmm, I'll kind of give it a benefit of the doubt kind of deal. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three. I don't know. I'm kind of waffling because I think I could actually go lower, but because um, that initial experience wasn't that great. But seeing how it improved, I'll kind of hedge a little bit yeah it's it's so hard to pin down but <laughs> it it does a few things pretty good like i like the roast yes i, I yeah. like the hop bitterness i think that that is helping out quite a bit okay but 
the finish is just shockingly weird. It's almost bright. <laughs> you, am I right? Like, like it comes back around. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah, it just doesn't fit. I see what you're saying. It's not like in not bright in the traditional it's, way, it's, but it's not a hazy IPA bright or anything like that. But like you it like pops a little bit, kind of like when I when I and this may maybe this is just you know expectations because it says Russian or says Imperial Stout on the bottle. But I expect like a little bit of a burnt flavor on my tongue afterwards or Mm -hmm. something that kind of feels like molasses or something like that. Yeah. And that is not here at all. Like it does not have that deep sugary caramelized flavor. Mm -mm. And for that, it's it's weird. I I like the roast, but this one's just kind of falling flat for me. I'm going to give it a 2.5. Yeah, I totally see that. I don't know. It's just, it's a strange... I was gonna say strange brew. Um it's it's just a different. solid movie. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Are we going too far down the dark hole? I feel like It's all gone it's all gone wild, Michael. Yeah, if we get too close to the epicenter. Here, Maybe we gonna, won't get out. Who knows? We won't be able to get out. We'll be trapped forever. It's um, possible, I don't know. I I don't know. We have a. it we have one more dark beer to go and then we have another beer that ages well i guess we can say oh yeah in theory in theory yeah i have a i'm really worried about my next beer i think it <laughs> could be another dnf or dnf do not rate whatever it is dnr i'm thinking of diddy kong racing um well i mean it also uh wait hold on dnr and diddy kong racing dnf and diddy kong racing okay DNF okay and, yeah I was just um, DNRs do not resuscitate. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Diddy, he, uh, he he crashed into Tip Top, and neither of them came out. Uh, they didn't make it. <laughs> well, not to mention, I mean, Diddy Kong hasn't had a game in, like, what, 20 years? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, he's rare, and they're kind of in a weird... I think they're owned by Microsoft now. Um, anyway, this isn't GameCast. How about you hit the people at the social media plugs? Yes. You can get in touch in a variety of ways. You can do that on Twitter at APMPod there, Facebook.com slash APMPod, emails directly, APMPod at gmail.com. Check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Oh, uh, quick sidebar. Mike has been checking out AI Dungeon. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> he showed me a screenshot, and he he beat the game. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> so like, congratulations, you win. Well he done. somehow got to that point, which blew my mind, and I think blew his mind too. Did he just like um, write "I win"? <laughs> it almost was something by accident. He wrote like "find wife," and he, somehow he like got it to say "you live happily ever after," and. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, it was very eye. entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, but we'll leave it at that. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. This has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>